Cocktails. A Good Omens Potfic. Written by Tony Owl95 and read by Literarian. Chapter 3 Gin and Tonic. 14th October 2022. Cocktails. Because it's fun to mix things up. What to expect if your date drinks a gin and tonic? A simple drink and a simple drinker, which is not to say either are straightforward. The casual, easy-going start means they aren't afraid to experiment and can be an exciting adventure to mark a new period of your life. Gin and tonic ingredients. Two ounces of gin, as needed tonic. Gin and tonic directions. Combine all ingredients in chilled highball glass. Add ice. More below the cut. Crowley wobbled into work like he'd been hit by a truck, and that said truck had dragged him all the way from Crouch End. He still had the notebook page from Aziraphale clutched in his hand. It had been impossible not to stare at it for the whole tube journey, and yet Crowley still failed to believe what it was telling him. Refreshing shouldn't be a compliment, should it? Neither should tart. Still, Crowley was flattered and giddy and very happy. Despite the fact it felt like the bartender from hell was muddling his brain to shit. Anathema's smile was toothy and unsympathetic. Have fun? Fuck off. Crowley winced as he was forced to shut his locker door. The noise was unnecessarily loud. Artekid, you are too wasted to confirm the rumors. Anathema continued. If you care so much, why don't you fuck him? Anathema's laugh was delighted. <laughs> oh, I have. Bloody hell, Crowley must be the only one in the hotel, if not London, who hadn't fucked Aziraphale. Had he called any of those smug former conquests beautifully balanced? Anathema, the tease, slammed the staff room door on her way out. Crowley shuddered. He picked up his water bottle and sloshed the liquid around his too dry mouth before staggering out into the service corridor. Mr. Crowley! Oh, fuck it. The guest relationship manager and his too bright smile was walking swiftly towards him. He could probably smell the hangover and shame oozing from Crowley's paws. A word, Gabriel said ominously. Crowley followed him back into the staff room and prepared for a bollocksing. What's going on between you and Mr. Fell? Gabriel folded his arms. What? Aziraphale? Crowley honestly had no idea. Everything from the fake conversation onwards was kind of hazy. 
A through-the-looking-glass jumble of disconnected scenes and sensations were like a movie reel from someone else's brain. He did have the note still in his back pocket, though. Evidence the evening had happened. That Aziraphale liked him and had been in his bed, even if nothing memorable had happened. Although the weight of Azera fell pushing him back into the mattress before they'd both passed out lingered like a fever dream. You don't mean anything to him, Gabriel continued officiously. You might feel special now, but trust me, he'll soon move on. Crowley was too hungover for this. Remind me why this is any of your business. Gabriel bristled. I'm looking out for you, Sunshine, for our guests. Nothing ruins their experience like an atmosphere of broken-hearted resentment. My heart is fine. It was. Whatever had happened, Crowley felt awful, but a normal, dehydrated, hungover kind of awful. As far as I'm aware, Aziraphale is still in one piece too. Now, I've got a shift to start. He's just yields in you. The staff room door swung open. Crowley. Aziraphale looked annoyingly chipper for a man who had barely been able to stand last night. He went more suitably ashen as his eyes fixed on Gabriel, though. Am I interrupting? Aziraphale. Gabriel said coolly. I was just bringing Mr. Crowley up to speed with your bad habits. How thrilling for him, but Prophecy Bar has opened now and it's a Sunday lunchtime, so if I could just have him back. Aziraphale stood aside from the door and flapped his hand at Crowley until he went through. Aziraphale shut the door very firmly and then tugged his impeccably arranged waistcoat in a way that did nothing to correct how it was being worn, but probably made him feel more in control of things. Complete nightmare, he huffed. He seemed very into your affairs. Crowley sipped more water. Gabriel still acts like we're dating sometimes. You dated? That was, well, unexpected, barely covered it. Gabriel was a total ass, and Aziraphale didn't date. Aziraphale glanced quickly at Crowley as they walked down the corridor. I know. He is rather intense. No, I meant... Well... He lowered his voice. I thought you were one time and then done. Had whatever happened last night been Crowley's one time? Surely not. He'd woken up fully clothed, apart from one shoe. And he was a refreshing addition to any evening wasn't he? Anathema hasn't told you? Aziraphale asked. She single-handedly keeps the gossip mill turning and the pair of you are so close that, 
Well, never mind. We should get to work, shouldn't we? Aziraphale ducked his head and quickened his pace. His cheeks were pink and his hands danced nervously at his waistcoat hem again. You want to get a drink? Crowley asked. Not the best idea, but there were things Crowley needed to know. About last night, about Aziraphale's past. If you'd like, Crowley swallowed. Aziraphale blinked at him, as though hardly daring to believe it. You still want to, after I disappeared this morning? Crowley shrugged. All things being equal, he was rather glad Aziraphale had fucked off and missed him being sick in the toilet. Oh, yes, I would like that. Aziraphale smiled so sweetly, Crowley felt his teeth start to ache. Yeah, me too. His feet shuffled on the tiles. So much for avoiding an atmosphere while they worked. Aziraphale managed to banish the growing awkwardness by leaning in and whispering, Not here, though. Have you seen the price list? By the time the shift was over, Crowley felt better prepared to face drinking more alcohol. The scent of the drinks he'd been mixing for all the customers had forced him to get over any latent queasiness sharpish. Plus, Aziraphale seemed perfectly fine. Polite and breezy as he chattered away, hands moving swift and sure as he mixed, poured, squeezed. Had they been that competent last night when they'd travelled over Crowley's body? Through his hair? Crowley still wasn't sure it had been real. He wanted it to be, while also feeling regretful that he hadn't been alert for it. By the time it came to handing over for the evening shift, it wasn't the hangover that made him hot and shivery all at once. Would you still like to get a drink with me? Aziraphale asked when they both found themselves in the staff room. Is it safe to? Crowley asked as he shrugged on his leather jacket. Last night nearly knocked me out. It did, Aziraphale said fondly. It's because you're so svelte. He came closer. Not touching, but his gaze was enough to make Crowley feel fever-hot. I hope you don't mind me saying so, but drunk Crowley was pleasant company too. Very relaxed and in vino veritas and all that. Yes, Crowley said slowly, feeling his way along the edge of the conversation like a blindfolded man in the dark. We both said some, um, things, didn't we? We did. Aziraphale bit down on his nervous smile. I promise to behave tonight, 
and by that I mean with regard to the amount of alcohol I consume. I don't think I can make promises about anything else where you're concerned. Hmm, Crowley said. Where shall we go then? I know a place. The place was Coven. They didn't even have to wait in line. With a cheery, good evening, Shadwell, Aziraphale got them straight through the barrier. You used to work here, right? Crowley said. And probably the Oyster Shack too, if Crowley's suspicions were correct. And Aziraphale's note was a confession in more ways than one, wasn't it? The owner was my mentor, Aziraphale said. No way! You and Madame Tracy! She had more class bar awards than Crowley could count, including several for Cocktail of the Year and was a judge for the London Bartender Awards. You slept with her too? For a moment, Crowley thought he'd gone too far, that he'd sounded like a jealous ass rather than genuinely curious. Aziraphale laughed, though. <laughs> I wish. No, purely professional relationship, I'm afraid. Crowley was so starstruck as they went through the door that he nearly tripped down the narrow staircase, stumbling into a room decorated like a cross between a Victorian lady's boudoir and the setting for a séance. There was brocade and chandeliers throughout the cavern-like space. It was all rich and opulent. Crowley followed Aziraphale around the table to the polished bar, then up the curved staircase at the back. VIP section, huh? Crowley said as they arrived on the balcony that projected out over the bar area below. It was busy up here too, but not the crush that there was downstairs. The customers lounged about on half-moon sofas and on high stools facing the balcony railing. Only the best, which is why we aren't stopping here. Aziraphale took his elbow and guided him to an oak door next to the bar. With a flourish, Aziraphale keyed in the code and ushered Crowley through. On the other side was a modest room decorated in a similar fashion to the VIP area. A glossy mahogany bar dominated one corner. Everything else appeared to be very much there to serve it. There were comfortable-looking sofas and low tables. What will you have? Aziraphale asked, setting himself up behind the bar. He knew exactly where everything was. Crowley hopped onto one of the stools. You know I can do that myself, right? Of course. You don't fancy me taking care of you, though? Aziraphale's smile was faint but suggestive. Crowley really did fancy both smile and suggestion. 
Rum Martinez, please, barkeep, he said around the lump in his throat. I don't think Tracy keeps toasted wood chips back here. The door from the VIP area opened and a woman strode through, draped in a pink silk scarf so big it billowed around her hips. Aziraphale, my love, Eric said he saw you downstairs. Poor thing was devastated that you didn't say hello. Tracy, you're just in time. I've got something for you to try. Something or someone? She smiled at Crowley wickedly. It was a jarring contrast to the neat blonde bob and pastel cashmere beneath the scarf. Crowley wanted to say something clever. He really did. All he managed was a string of vowels. He's adorable. Tracy clapped her hands together and held them to her heart. Keep your talents to yourself. The stirrer clicked against the glass as Aziraphale mixed. I'm Tracy, love. I know. Crowley had meant to sound suave. He sounded like an overexcited child. Tracy patted his shoulder as she took the stool next to him. This is Crowley, Aziraphale said. Crowley! Tracy crossed her legs and rested her chin on her hand while she looked at Aziraphale, who was getting a jug of apple juice from the fridge. A jug. Freshly juiced and not from a carton. Had Aziraphale prepared for this? Crowley, he confirmed, eyeing the jug. Then Aziraphale. Aziraphale avoided his gaze. I've heard so much about you, Tracy whispered. What are you mixing, Azilove? The signature drink for Crowley's new bar. Exciting! Tell me more about your bar. Crowley had fallen down a rabbit hole. He glanced nervously between Aziraphale and Tracy. I mean... Early days, don't have a name, just vibes and a dream, really. Where I started, love, what are you vibing with? Crowley was too gobsmacked to resist. Even if he'd had any modicum of chill left, seeing Aziraphale mix from the side of the bar would have decimated him. Mixing their cocktail at that. Before Crowley knew it, he had pulled his journal out of his bag because it was easier to show than fight for words to describe what was in his heart. Tracy was a wealth of information. She gently helped him deconstruct the eager but knotted mess in his head into priorities and common pitfalls. Aziraphale listened quietly as he handed them over their drinks, then patiently made another round when those were finished. The phone number that Tracy offered Crowley on a bar napkin was gratefully accepted. He tucked it safely in the pages of his journal, head spinning. I best get back to work. Tracy sipped the last of her drink. 
you boys are on to something there. Maybe see if you can change the cinnamon for something less sweet. She gave Crowley's hand a squeeze and swept her scarf around her neck before leaving the room. Aziraphale rested his elbows on the bar. You want another? He looked very pleased with himself. Crowley adored him. He leaned forward and cupped his face. Thank you, he whispered and pressed their lips together. Aziraphale went on his toes, stretching forward to push his fingers into Crowley's hair. Crowley nearly climbed on the bar with his need to get closer. Aziraphale had introduced him to someone who had opened the future up for him, helping him to signpost a way through it. It was a priceless gift. Crowley. Aziraphale tugged on his hair, pulling his head back a bit. Their eyes met and Crowley knew his own desperate hunger was reflected back at him from Aziraphale's blue-green eyes. I'm sorry, Aziraphale whispered. I need to explain about Gabriel. Crowley's stomach sank. His arse hit the padded leather of the cushion as he sat back down. Aziraphale ran his hands over his face. I'm going to need another drink for this. Aziraphale made them gin and tonics. Simple and honest. A promising drink for such a serious conversation. So, Gabriel, Crowley prompted when they were both seated on the same side of the bar, their knees turned in towards each other. Ah, yes, Gabriel. Aziraphale took a long, slow sip. I hooked up with Gabriel before I started at Prophecy. Although I was at the bar in the upstairs restaurant then. And, well, it was nice. Gabriel was nice, but it was a hookup, although at the time I didn't realize. Aziraphale took more of a gulp than a sip this time, and his fingers danced nervously against the bar, as though seeking a distraction. So when I caught him with beer from hospitality at the Christmas party, what, five years ago now, before I did a stint working there? <laughs> Gabriel soon put me straight, however. Too many self-pity margaritas later, and I was dancing with Anathema and Newton. Well, after we finished dancing, the three of us went up to one of the free rooms and... The bridge of Aziraphale's nose went pink. You can imagine. Crowley certainly could. He'd die rather than admit it, but Anathema was attractive, and the idea of the three of them made him squirm a bit with fascination and arousal. Aziraphale was 
built for pleasure and he would have looked amazing. Crowley concentrated on his drink, hoping the crispness of it would cool the heat in his cheeks. Aziraphale smiled tightly, hand still flexing on the bar. It was so liberating. Lord, I've always been greedy for experiences, and it was an experience. Not just that there were three of us, but just sex for the pure enjoyment of it, without any strings. Although it turned out that although it was acceptable for Gabriel to fuck around, he didn't like the idea of me doing the same, especially when I wouldn't fuck around with him again. <sighs> Back then I was too afraid I'd start to fall in love with him again, you see? I really didn't want to be in love with anyone just then. Aziraphale took a breath. Just as well. His words had rattled off so fast it had been hard for Crowley to keep up. I get it, he whispered. He really did. The heartbreak, the loss, feeling discarded. And we can just hang out and be friends. Sounds like you found a sweet spot, but for me sex only ever complicates things. Aziraphale looked at him slowly. Crowley, do you remember anything from last night? Oh shit, have we fucked already? Decidedly not, and I'm offended you think I'd be so unmemorable. Aziraphale huffed. No, I meant the part where I said what was likely to happen if we did sleep together. Aziraphale looked up quickly, then put his attention back on stirring his drink. That I think I'd end up falling in love with you too. You what? Crowley's heart jumped. I'm terribly sorry. Aziraphale's shoulders dropped as he sighed. <sighs> but I think I might have done it already. Couldn't help it. I just wasn't exactly sure what the feeling was. It's been so long and I wasn't looking for it. Wasn't sure I wanted it and that's why I ran away this morning. I don't sleep over, Crowley. Ever. But last night... In Vino Veritas. I felt so safe. Oh, angel. The desire to take Aziraphale home welled up, familiar and demanding. Crowley suddenly needed it like air and the horny little mind gremlins were baying for it. No, Crowley had sworn off that. No more hookups or one-night stands. No more flings that left him just that little bit more twisted up and lonely in the morning. But love was different, wasn't it? I don't think once would be enough with you, you see? Aziraphale's eyes met his, full of hope. His smile was a lost, pleading little thing. Oh, so you wouldn't want to... with no strings anymore? 
Crowley swallowed, not quite daring to believe. I don't know, but appetites change, and right now I want you. Really, quite badly. I want you too, and don't get me wrong, I want to be with you and only you, but... Crowley wet his lips. Heat crawled up the back of his neck. Really, though, the idea of watching had sparked something to life deep inside him. If you ever did want to sleep with someone else again, maybe if I could be there too. I like the idea of watching you. Maybe getting involved as well. Telling the third person just what to do in order to bring Aziraphale off. Crowley enjoyed watching Aziraphale do what he loved, what he was good at, after all. And Aziraphale loved sex as much as mixing. Aziraphale blinked at Crowley slowly. You wouldn't mind? Don't think so. I do know I'd like to try. How? Aziraphale's cheeks flushed a bit. Something to certainly talk about later. Right now, I think you're going to be more than enough for me. Yeah? Crowley's heart had still not settled down. His blood pounded in his temples. Aziraphale nodded, his eyes searching Crowley's face. Crowley slipped from his barstool and slunk between Aziraphale's spread knees. Aziraphale's breath caught as Crowley took the glass from his hand, breaking their gaze only to place it carefully back on the bar. I can certainly be a handful. Crowley resisted the urge to bat his lashes, but only just. Two, I imagine. Aziraphale grabbed Crowley's hips, tugging him in close. Certainly. Crowley tilted his head as his arms snaked around Aziraphale's neck. It was a good kiss, slow and full of promise tinged with the sweetness of apple juice. Afterwards, Crowley still didn't take Aziraphale home. At least not right away. They finished their drinks first.